Welcome, welcome to the Bro CR Supercast. Basically, a super cool podcast. See what we did there? <laughs> we discuss all things obstacle course racing, culture, and community that embodies it. From performing athletes, flashy new gear, and secret guacamole recipes. Yummy. We've got you covered, bro. Do you have questions? We want to find answers. Want to talk about running in the mud and your next big adventure? Cool. So do we. Now let's lace up those trail kicks and jump in the corral. The Supercast. The Supercast starts now. This episode of the Supercast is brought to you by Venga CBD. Guys, we've got good news this week. A lot of people have been messaging us, talking about sleep. Um, they've been seeing the sleep product. Guys, guess what? I need sleep. You need sleep. We all need sleep. Sleep's great for athletes. Um, Venga's finally came out with their new product, which is the Venga Super Sleep. It's great. I love it. It's really interesting. And so just, I take so many different things here back and forth and I've tried so many different things. This stuff is interesting for sleep because it's jam-packed with all the stuff I've already used. Melatonin, CBT, and one new ingredient, Leah. The all-new cannabinoid CBN. Um, Ta-da! Known to specifically promote sleep. Um, in the all-new Vanga Super Sleep, you get all three ingredients. It's available now. Um, guys get online, order some, I know they had some issues with selling out immediately in the first couple of days. Um, but more will be in stock shortly. Um, best part about it in, in with the CBN is that there's no sleep hangover. Like you get, um, with other products out there, you'll wake up well-rested, refreshed because Venga's super sleep is all natural and works with your body systems to promote a great night's sleep. And as always with all Vanga products, this product is 100% THC free, non-habit forming. So you have no worries um, in taking this and any kind of drug tests or anything like that that you're facing. You can go to VangaCBD.com slash sleep. Currently, there's an awesome bundle going on. If you buy the regular bottle of Vanga CBD gel caps, um, you can add a bottle of the Super Sleep for just $34. Um, typically, this product alone is 85 so it's an awesome deal that um, you can jump on now, and I'm not sure how long it's going to last. Uh, again, just go to vangacbd.com sleep to get all the details, and don't forget, all of our loyal listeners get 15% off with code BROCR. Um, that coupon code, though, however, is not applicable on bundles, so check them out. Check out their other products, vangacbd.com. Um, and as always, we thank them. Without further ado, let's kick it on over to the episode. Four, three, two, and good morning, everyone. I'm Jake Bosecker. I'm Leah Hensley. Welcome Leah. to Tuesday Morning Supercast. Ah, it's been a week, Leah. It's been a week. It, it has been a week. There was a lot of racing going on this past weekend. What the um, hell's going on? We got Atkins at Savage Race? Oh, my gosh. Okay, let's Jesus. just dive in. Let's save that one for last. So we Holy had smokes. the first ever DECA trifecta. Um, DECA down, de, trifecta. DECA down in Florida. Um, big names came out for that. We had all three events, the 
um, the, the strong, the mile, the full length Decker fit. Awesome event again by Yancey. Props to him. I, I would like us to take credit for the fact that they are now giving the, the spray painted Rams to the elite oh, finishers to keep too good too good makes, you know it's just makes my heart happy it's <laughs> sitting out there with a bottle of Krylon just going to town <laughs> but we no, had it's... some amazing athletes down there we had um rich ryan david Magida, forrest bouge we had ryan kent we had vj we had face stunning all kinds of people taking various podiums throughout the events just awesome stuff it's exciting to see racing like that turning on, but also like, once again, shout out to Yancey Culp. This passion project of yours has taken off and people are coming. Yeah, it's, it's pretty stinking awesome. So other than DECA, we also had the um, Spartan event um, down in Austin. It was a two-day event, a super and a sprint. Um, so the super was first and on the podium again, Victor Quesada, he is tearing things up this year. Quesadilla um, showing up. Yep. And then v Vitali Emerev and Jean Real on the men's side. And then on the women's side, um, Alexandra Walker, uh, Rose Wetzel is back and on the podium and Chris Roglowski. So just dominant field on a Saturday and then come back on Sunday we had um, Ryan Kent, who had just raced the day before at the DECA, came on Sunday taking first place in the sprint, um, bumping uh, Victor Quesada to second, John Howard to third. Um, on the female side, um, a little bit shuffling around. Chris Roglowski came in first. Alexandra Walker took second. And Isabel Zarati, sorry, um, in third. So... Lots of racing, lots of big names. Um, one of the names missing from the Savage side, from the Spartan side, I'm sorry, um, who we saw over at Savage Race is Ryan Atkins. What is going on here? Who knows? Who I knows? mean, I think, I think part of it might be the fact that Savage pays out higher than Spartan. So, I mean, if you're going to, you're going to make what a, a world to live in, what a world to live in where we don't even have like Spartan races or a series that he can follow. So he's going to jump in a savage race and make a buck. Right. So never done a savage race before. Um, and rolls up to a savage Ohio, which people are saying universally, including Sam, that this was the hardest savage that they've had. Um, surprisingly, Ohio's no joke. No, it was unexpectedly harder than they meant it to be. Sam has come out since saying, oops, <laughs> didn't mean to make it that hard, but suck it up kind of thing. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> so we had coverage for the Savage Race, which is awesome. They're doing a really good job this year with this media coverage. Um, so let's talk on the... Um, the female side. So on the, on the women's side, we had some front runners, pretty much the whole race. One of which notably um, Mrs. Ryan Adkins and name in and of herself, Lindsay Webster, who led and dominated pretty much the whole race. Absolutely. Um, however, once you get to that final rig, which was shortly before things the finish get a little line, technical and things got a lot of technical and it would, the, the field came to a screeching halt um, we Local ended up having shows up, baby, Amy Padgett, Amy magic Padgett, warrior <laughs> comes through the rig, tears it through. She had been running in like fifth place or so the pretty much the whole race. 
um, but got to the rig, dominated it, and took the axe for the win. Um, Tiffany Palmer came in second. And then there's kind of a little bit of dramatics about third place. Um, the official rule is the course cutoff is two hours after the last pro wave starts. Okay. So people are kind of in a hissy because third place was Christy McFarlane, whose finish time was like two hours and eight minutes or something like that. Okay. Um, and so there's a hubbub that she was over two hours and she shouldn't have podiumed, which give me a break. She got through the rig, leave her alone. But she gets to the rig, call it. But officially the rule is two hours after the last pro wave. Well, she started in one of the first pro waves. So technically she had more than two hours to do the race and finished within the rules set by Savage. So now people are all huffy puffy about it should be two hours from chip time and people trying to take it away from her. And I don't know what Savage is going to rule going forward, but that's where we're at. On the men's side, um, so Atkins and Ryan Woods pretty much battled throughout the whole time. Um, Woodsy, no, no stranger to Savage Race, this Woodsy man. No, Woodsy is not a stranger, and he's not a stranger to bringing home an axe. Um, he's nope. done these before, but when he got to that rig, all wheels fell off. Um, he just could not get through the rig um, and ended up DNFing. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> so, I <sighs> mean, it, it's tough. It's, it's that cheese board that seems to be the, the biggest thing. You know, it's just, it's taking people out. It's right. Um, ended up being Ryan Atkins in first, Sean Roberts in second, and James Zooch, sorry, um, in third um, with Ryan Woods and Lindsay Webster eating popcorn on the side. So those are two names that we uh, don't typically, you know, equate with DNFing. Absolutely. But that covers, I think that was about it for this weekend. Um, I think there was also an event up in, uh, um noob sanity maybe up in the northeast lots of stuff going on i mean it's just awesome to see everything coming back again and people are you know all the internet's a buzz again and like i said after savage i mean people monday morning chatter going on absolutely it's, it's classic you know and seeing adkins come and rise here to the savage circuit and jump in his first one and win no one's surprised here leah and i think it's one of those things that for me, the if if I was Ryan Adkins, you know, and I'm looking at races to do here in, in this year, um, and maybe he is planning to go to Abu Dhabi, right? But I think prepping for things like Savage and prepping for OCRWC, which we feel like is going to happen, or Telluride, um, mm -hmm. I, I think that's just a great way to get yourself prepped for something in the middle of this in the middle of this period. Mm -hmm. Traditionally, this is the busy what I've always called one of the busiest weekends of OCR. Mm -hmm. So in the past, we've had Big Bear. Here in the Midwest, normally we have this weekend, just this weekend, Frontline. Um, Battlegrounds, my hometown. Battlegrounds, your hometown. We would have um, Dances with Dirt in my area. We would have yeah. Ragnar, Kentucky, Indiana. 
Yeah. Um, Usually a Florida race, lots of race. And this is like the perfect Huge time of year, week. pretty much across the country, weather-wise, for the sport. It's, so it's opening weekend. Basically, basically. And we saw people coming out, and it was, you know, it was awesome. And, you know, I mentioned Keyboard Warriors and Monday Morning Chatter, and the person we have on our show today is no stranger to that. No stranger to the Keyboard <laughs> Warrior. Um, <laughs> we got Brenna Calvert, old friend, OG in the sport. Um, glad to have her. Um, without further ado, let's kick it on over, Leah. And we are back here with uh, old friend. Brenda, I've known you for an unnecessary long amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's action. Brett, we have on the show this week, we Brenna, Red Beast, Calvert. Brenna, you're one of the OGs of of this sport and definitely OGs as far as the female side of things goes. So welcome to the show. Well, awesome. Thank you. I don't think I've been referred to as one of the OGs yet. I don't feel like I am, but I'll take it. <laughs> Listen, if you were on team Lou and people understand what team Lou is, you're OG. You're OG. Uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that does take it back. I almost forgot. <laughs> Some well, of us never do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's get back to kind of the beginning because, you know, you've definitely been a face that has been around the block when it comes to OCR. But um, why don't you give us a little bit of background? Where are you from? What's your sports history? All that good stuff. Yeah. Well, um, so originally, most people know I am very proud that I am from Texas and born right. and raised. Yes, very much so. But uh, currently, for the past four years or so, I have been living in the middle of nowhere in Kansas on a cattle ranch. And I've quite turned from the city girl to um, ranch life with cows, chickens, dogs, cats, horses, ducks, geese, you name it. So <laughs> I'm the crazy animal lady now. Um, but athletic wise, yeah, I did. Grew up as a kid, you know, was put into all of the generic YMCA sports and played everything and then fell in love with basketball and then um in high school when like sports started with school I realized apparently I was a better runner than I was at basketball um and I was freshman varsity track and did that for a few years in high school which actually shout out Jacob because I remember I was on a female pole vaulter the first year that like high school was allowed to pole vault so I was gonna ask because I could only see you as a hurdler <laughs> no I I'm too clumsy I don't know I fall just like running so, All right, so what, what was your PR I've got to ask what was your PR well, that's what I was gonna say is like um taking back the age and time when I was in high school crap that's been like over <laughs> 10 what 15 oh shit a long time it's been a, while. It's been a second <laughs> um so i want to say like i mean it was bad i mean like i said it, i was the first year like 14 feet i don't know like is that even like a starting point you did not jump 14 foot in high school okay so no then like 12 foot what's like a starting where do you start literally i don't even know like that's probably i went like 14. i had the high school record for like one year but it's because like no one did it <laughs> there's okay so first of all there's no way you jump 12 or 14 foot i jumped 12 foot this past week and as okay, a so 34 year old like i would say you probably jumped like six or seven really that's so fucking short yeah that's probably oh. what it was i mean <laughs> 14 foot tall brenda you're looking at you jumped a two-story building 
Oh shit, really? Yeah, no. Then it was like whatever the height, like I mean my arm above. Ladies me, and I gentlemen, guess. depth perception is not Brenna's strong suit. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess maybe stick my arms up. What is that? Like eight probably, feet? I would say you probably hit seven foot. <laughs> oh my lord. Oh so my again, God. my pole vaulting career did not take off. <laughs> 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 All right. Oh my God, it's way too early in the freaking morning for this. Oh my God. Anyway, so I aborted uh, pole vaulting. Brenda, real quick, before we go on, if you put your hands in the air, you're not 14 foot tall. No, Just- I thought like eight feet because I'm oh like seven and a half feet. <laughs> continuing on (laughs) anyways i jumped over leah's height okay (laughs) that's that's fair that's fair so high jump (laughs) yes yeah there you go but i couldn't do that i needed a pole so oh anyways so i sucked at that but i was good at running (laughs) okay um but then flash forward after high school i kind of like i probably could have and should have gone to school for (laughs) um track scholarship but at that time I was young and dumb and I graduated high school when I was 16 and I was like I don't want to be an athlete in college I want to have a life well (laughs) that was stupid um should have taken that back but I basically did nothing like organized athletics for 10 years or so you know I just kind of ran a couple miles here and there during the week but I was always like the natural athlete so Sure. 10 years later or so, um, I was moving from Virginia to Atlanta to be closer to family. And like the week I got there, my brother's like, hey, you want to do this thing with me this weekend? I was like, well, that's vague. <laughs> okay. Like we normally, we used to go to, I used to travel the country for concerts. Like I was a, you know, concert traveler instead of for racing. And um, I just expected that's what we were doing. He's like, no, it's like running and there's some stuff you jump over and some things and mud. I was like, what? On- okay, cool. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and he sends me a video and it was a Spartan video, like back in the day when, you know, they used to use like fog and smoke and this serious dramatic music and they just gave each And yeah, so that's what drew me in. And we did a Spartan race in Atlanta and my brother and I did it for fun. And literally I was hooked. That was back in two, uh, 2013 um and then my brother and I did a few more like Atlanta is like a mecca for (laughs) OCR and it was one of those like I left the Spartan parking lot and had you know five postcards on my car of every superhero scrambles Adrays, uh warrior dash everything you know when they used to fire cars (laughs) and I signed up for all of them and went to like one of each um I remember falling in love with Savage the first year I did it in Atlanta and then a friend of mine, um, I give him all the credit, Patrick Hansel from Atlanta, was like, hey, you should run competitive. And I had no idea there was such a thing. Like, I, you know, didn't ever get there before the, for the first wave to see any of that. And I was like, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I could try because I used to always keep up with my guy friends. And um, he let me know about this thing called Battle Frog that was <laughs> coming around to Atlanta. Yeah, and um, we actually ran that as an open wave, Battle Frog in Atlanta, the very first one, OG Battle Frog, mm-hmm. and fell in love with that, and then my first elite race, like, my friend was like, hey, I'm going to Battle Frog, North Carolina, it was the second event they ever put on, 
He's like, you should sign up Elite and run with us. I said, okay, sure. What? Why not? I'm crazy. I don't know what I'm doing. And I remember getting to Atlanta, or I mean, North Carolina, or wherever, whichever Carolina it was for Battle Frog. And um, I looked at the start line and just these girls there. I remember the Atlanta group, but they were all so muscular and like mm-hmm. shredded, you know. And it's just that start line intimidation. I immediately was just like, what have I gotten myself into? Like, this is the dumbest decision ever. Because I just looked like a tall, linky person. I mean, I wasn't out of shape, but I wasn't training by any means and I wound up winning that race um yeah I I, I don't know like I didn't know I won until I crossed the finish line basically and that was that my first late race I won and I got to do the like helicopter ride from Battle Frog because you know they blew thousands of dollars on helicopter rides afterwards I always (laughs) forgot that oh my god (laughs) and they like dropped seals out of it and blew up things and then we got to ride around um so yeah that was literally what started i i ran elite ever since then um after battle frog i went to uh the first spartan hawaii trifecta that they did the first year and i wound up like on the podium there i think and that's how i met team lou and got involved with my first like organized team and i really had no idea what i was doing um i always forget that that was the first time i ever saw you yeah yeah so that's what i no one really i didn't know anything about it and then i mean i you jump on the spartan scene and you make a splash for a minute and then again team lou was like here get your name out and i was really didn't know what was going on at the time with that but (laughs) more drama later always with that um and then the big to do like so i did spartan hawaii and then i think it was shortly after that like i did a couple more battle frogs got on some podiums but then it was the big to do of atlanta spartan sprint shirt gate was my next like mm-hmm. big, name. Sure. <laughs> big name issue um but yeah so i've been competing and doing all of the races um but that kind of ended right there spartan kind of ended for me after a few years because of shirt gate sure. i think i've done one since sure. then and that was like six years ago now or something i don't even know it's been so, a so for those of us who've been around for a while i mean you had been pretty much a staple name and, and person at, at a lot of these races, whether you be podiuming or just racing elite or whatever. Um, but then you kind of disappeared for a little bit from, from the actual competitive racing scene. What was going on during then? Yeah, well, it's actually funny that you say, I realized my age the other day in the sport because I was talking to um, Conquer the Gauntlet pro team member, Jenny Overstreet, and I mentioned like, Cassidy, now Nichols, but Watton, and I dropped a few other names, and she's like, I don't even know who any of those are. <laughs> I was just like, oh, crap. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, that shows my age in the well, sport. Absolutely. The female field, I mean, we have some names that have been around for for a while, but when you really look at, especially the female side, you know, we have so many women that have that have left and have had families and had babies and, you know, what at, whatnot, but you know, when you describe the women at the starting line of that original Battle Frog and those original races, it's a very different scene than what we see right now. And you know, like you say, you know, you mention people's names now and they're not as relevant. Um, but you're one of those names that has been around, left, and now has come back. So, yeah. You know, what- well, so I guess you can't kind of forget me. I'm loud and obnoxious and I make sure I'm unforgettable, right? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but yeah, no, I I disappeared in a way of like, I mean, I had a, a big, a good streak 
And I'm mostly known for like my wins and my podiums have been probably like three or four years now. Um, I hit good with Savages and uh, Battle Frogs and then Conquer the Gauntlet jumped on the scene for me and I was on their pro team. Um, and that was kind of what started to switch me over was I was on the pro team with Conquer the Gauntlet, did really amazing for a season there. I'm like tied for the second most Conquer the Gauntlet wins behind Randy, who is like unstoppable or catchable at this point. Um, <laughs> and I fell in love with that series and the family. And I, that's when I started my first like bit of building for the sport. And um, I took on the build side heavily and kind of stopped competing as much in a way, mainly because it's really hard to do both. And uh, my passions kind of switched from providing, you know, like going out and competing and doing that and then providing a course for people is just really rewarding when you get to doing all of the parts to it. Um, and it makes, so like that took me out of competitive for a while. And then with that kind of mixed in, um, slowed down my training. I moved to Kansas at that point after traveling so long for build. And I was doing more media things, more like live coverage. You know, I traveled actually with Mudgear to OCRWC and did coverage for them, built for championships. So again, that takes away like my actual racing and competitiveness because building just drains you. Um, but with that kind of mixed in, I would say the start and heavier onset of uh, what we're getting into shortly here is just I have written about it and talked about it and I'm very open about it that I suffer and battle depression and anxiety. And I think after a mix of build and not competing as much and then moving to the middle of nowhere, and it was like a pretty big life change from such sort a of social social scene, bar life to no friends and no family. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so that kind of, it, that right there took a toll on my whole lifestyle in a way and a lot of things changed. Um, so I've, I've kind of gotten back into trying to like I have, I have a like flows, like I go up and down where I'll pop back up for a few races, but I haven't really had my, my streak of being known for on top anymore. So it's kind of like <laughs> I giggle now when I get um, caught on camera, or like when I'm like shown in the live feed or comments that I go back and watch, I'm like, is that Brenna? Like, wait, like, I don't think I recognize her. She used to do good. You know, like you'll hear these kind of like underhand comments, like she might do well, or we don't really know what to expect, or we don't really, we're shocked that she's doing well. <laughs> I, you know, so you briefly mentioned May, you know, we are in the month of May midway through and May is mental health awareness month. And, you know, as you said, you know, you have been pretty open with some of your struggles. Um, and I think it's amazing that we are seeing this more accepting, um, you know, awareness within the sport, but within, you know, the world as a whole, but, you know, we've had a lot of really strong um, competitors here in the past year or two come out with their own struggles with mental health, whether it be eating disorders or depression or anxiety. A lot of these athletes are now openly coming out about it. How has, how has mental health and illness and, and dealing with that, how has that factored into your, you know, your athletic endeavors? Um, yeah. And I, I, I talk about it a lot, honestly, because Again, for me, the fact that I, I'm pretty secluded, it's like journaling and diaring and di dire, diarying, <laughs> <laughs> writing and journaling. Um, but like everything's so social and virtual these days. And for me, it's kind of, that's what it is and is an outlet. 
Um, but it, it, hereditary is really what I say for my instance, but not until recently did it, you know, like something triggered it. And um, I dealt with it with my mom growing up after my parents got a divorce. And it was one of those situations that I didn't understand, like what my mom was going through. I didn't understand why she didn't want to go anywhere, why she didn't want to like make phone calls or talk to friends or family. It was just one of those, like, I would fight it and, you know, fuss at my mom as to all these things. Years went by, start, you know, started to understand it more that that's what my mom was going through, but I still didn't have any issues. I was working in bars and restaurants, always seeing friends, happy-go-lucky, loud, obnoxious Brenna, and which I still am, which that's the funny thing is like mm-hmm. <laughs> mental health is such a, there's such a stigma to it and like a misunderstanding from everybody, especially if you don't deal with it personally, that mm-hmm. I am very happy person. I'm very social. I'm a very like bubbly person but I have depression and that's like, how is that possible? Um, and on the athletic side, I mean, <laughs> it has, I don't, I don't blame it for my lack of training and not being on top where I want to be anymore, like where I feel like I should be, but it is, it, it's, a, it's an excuse. And I, it comes in waves and I do really well for like months at a time. Like I actually, last year and the past few years, and it's kind of, it's noticeable in my training and my racing and it's, I've lost teams. I've lost sponsors because of it. And I don't say like someone kicked me off because I'm depressed. Like that would, you know, like, yeah, it's just like what it does to me is, you know, I, I, I don't go to events and I don't follow through with things and it starts to show and reflect poorly in different aspects. And so, you know, you lose out on different things in life on that. And um, it's hard, but I, I was really, I don't know, the past few years, it would come and go, and it was a lot more, like, seasonally, like, winter in Kansas, you know, it's freezing cold, I can't go outside, can't see people, so, like, that would be a trigger, Um, but last year, I'll say, I was so proud that come winter, like, that's when I started, thanks to you, following you, Leah, I took on the 75 hard challenge at the, like, Mm -hmm. middle of winter last year, Mm -hmm. and I feel like that really helped me mentally, and it, it stopped, like, I never felt the depression last winter, and like the beginning of 2020 with everything that happened, I got into a funk like everybody else. So I didn't really think anything of it. Um, right. And then, you know, summer came and I love gardening. I love the outside sunshine. I'll go out as much as possible. And the winter I made it through, like not being depressed all winter because I was doing the challenge and I was being active and I was training and motivating myself. And everybody like commented afterwards this year, like how well I've been doing and mentally you know, looking strong and sounding strong. And I felt really confident starting the season and was good. And then like just recently, actually, I've been in a funk and it's weird. You don't, I don't know what, I can't say that anything, one particular thing triggered it. Um, I wasn't able, like recently, I say I'm going to, I've stopped announcing what events I'm going to, because every time I announce one, I wind up not able to make it. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty, I'm like flexible on my schedule and very by the minute because of my life, but it looks bad to teams and sponsors if I'm like hey I'm gonna be here and then I don't show up and something happened I think like a couple weeks ago I was supposed to be at Savage I want to say in Texas and just like finances work doing farm stuff I don't know I wasn't able to go and I think that triggered something but I didn't know it and so like I'll go a couple days and not realize something's going on and then slowly things I've I've started to learn how to deal with it basically like I used to fight the depression and get really upset and beat myself up and feel guilty. And now I 
once I notice the triggers, I like, I kind of give into it for a day, if that makes sense. I've learned that I can be sad and I can be upset and not want to do anything and just be okay for a minute and not fight it. And then I feel like I bounce back faster. Um, well, I think how many people are so mm-hmm. concerned with, you know, the, the images out there in social media and, and the highlight reels of our lives that, you know, they don't give themselves permission to feel. And I think that that's where it's so amazing that people are speaking up more because you have people, you know, every time I see a post from you or from Raya or Amelia or any of these other athletes that are open about the struggles that they're having, you know, the comment threads below are always me too, me too. I'm, you know, I'm going through this too. And thank you so much for speaking up. And, you know, I think that that's what's amazing. You know, we see how quickly in our sport things go crazy viral, you know, whether it be, you know, back in the day shirt gate or, you know, what, you know, who touched what in what rig and what happened in what race, you know, it's people in the social media world, we're constantly comparing ourselves to others. So it's really nice to get snapshots of reality for people, you know? Well, and that's what me sharing it helps me just kind of process it for myself too and then every time like when I first started sharing it my mom sent me a message like I guess she's on social media but my sister or family saw it and I got a call why was I sharing that much information and oh my gosh people are gonna think this or that and I was just like mom this is my way of dealing with it like I'm sorry it's not embarrassing I'm not embarrassed by it it is what it is people need to understand that everybody deals with different things and struggles whatever it may be but for my instance, like even Tracy, my boyfriend, you know, four years now that he's kind of, he's witnessed it, but he still doesn't understand. Like when I'm having my bad day and I just don't want to go outside and do things, they'll like ask me like, Hey, do you want to come help me do this? And I'm like, no, but do you need my help? Like, you know, that if you ask me if I want to do something right now, I'm going to tell you no, because I don't want to do anything. <laughs> and it's just, if you don't have it or if you don't deal with a loved one or a friend, it's, it's an unknown thing. And I even to the point where I would share some things. And then like, I got messages of someone saying, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that that's what I was dealing with until I read your message and it triggered. And I started to understand something and as simple, like, this is what's funny is again, I'm open about this because people might not realize what they're going through. And like everybody's depression symptoms are different. But I have to, like, again, I don't realize it for a few days. And then there's all of a sudden I realize like, oh my gosh, I haven't showered in like three days. And it's not because I just like want to like, I'm just disgusted. I just realized, holy crap. Like I have felt so bad about myself. I haven't wanted to do anything. I've been sleeping all day. I haven't had normal training. I haven't been doing my normal stuff. And I just haven't showered for like, and that's, that happens to me every time. And it's like, gosh, I must be in a funk right now. Like literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And like Sometimes that's one thing. Yeah, exactly. Like that's one of my like mental, like, oh, okay, Brenna, this is this is why you don't feel this is why you had a headache. This is why you feel funky. Like little things that, you know, as an athlete, I just think if I don't feel good for a minute, I like overdid something or whatever. And then it starts to realize and click in. And same mm-hmm. with like as an athlete, my training. I don't have any friends to motivate me to go outside and train. And it's really hard, especially when you're depressed to go outside when it's 40 degrees or whatever. Like I don't have a gym that's closer than 30 minutes away. Um, Mm. But my, my eating when I'm, when I'm depressed is one of those things that takes such a toll. Like 
I try to, you know, eat regularly, fuel my body with enough calories. But when I'm depressed, I wind up not eating all day, like kind of starving myself all day. And then I binge eat at night and like have a crappy meal and then just load up on sugar. So you can imagine what that does for training and how you feel like the next day. So it definitely, it's snowballs. So I was ready to start this year, like strong. And then I don't know, like a month ago, I kind of hit a wall. (laughs) And so here I am, sorry, animal shut up. Um, Dealing with, yeah, just kind of overcoming this. I've missed a few races like that I was supposed to be at. And here we are now middle of the season, but I always, I usually kick and start performing better in the summer anyways, because I actually start training better when the warm weather comes. Right. So I'm, um, I'm on the, I'm on the rise. I've started to determine that like some things have helped me see the light is what I tell myself. And mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be at Hilderbat this weekend in Florida. And I'm using it more of like, it was supposed to be an A race for me at the beginning of the year, but, um, now it's kind of turned into a mental reset sunshine and see a bunch of people that I haven't seen in years. Like yeah. all the top that I used to see all the time. <laughs> well, so. we, we talked with, um, the Hildervat creator last week, Jacob, did you see, um, after we, we covered Hildervat, there was a replacement for Hildervat coming this week. Oh uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I one of the names, see. yeah. Okay. One of the names that we had mentioned, um, last week, what about Alexandra Walker? Apparently I'm not sure what the reason is, but Corinna Coffin is out hmm. and Alexandra Walker is in. I know what right. I'm not saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, so there's, Fair obviously enough. there's something behind the scenes, but yeah, Alexandra is going to be down there at Hildermatt. So I think that's going to definitely shake things up. Right. Which is awesome. And that's why I'm super sad to miss out on Corinna because I love me some Corinna, but I'm very excited. I think that a fair replacement, let's just say a name that should be there, I think. So that would be cool. But yeah, yeah I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's definitely, like I said, my, my mental health, it, it's interesting it, what it does and how it affects. But I mean, it is what it is. I don't know. My you know anxiety, and, and hearing some of what you're talking about, Brenna. So for me, just as an athlete here, and I'm, I'm going to go off on a weird kind of like place here, but I'm going to stay with me if you can. Okay. Like for, <laughs> So for me, one of the good things about doing 75 hard in this kind of season where we didn't have much was it gave me a focus. It gave me something Mm -hmm. to kind of like, but it was that day-to-day life, especially when I was by myself. It was like, okay, if I don't have anybody else, at least I've got myself keeping myself accountable and keeping these things going. Um, Before, when we had, you know, the world was opened up and we were traveling across the world, it was really easy to surround yourself by that, that camaraderie and stuff and put things on the calendar and go to those things. But when we don't really have a target off in the in the distance, it's a lot harder to kind of keep that focus. That's what I've discovered for myself. And I have to find things in my life that keep me moving forward. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. And that's what I mean. Again, I'm (laughs) depression to me is I want to it's definitely like mental and it's there all the time, no matter what. And it can always be triggered by anything or nothing. But for most people, and I find for myself, it's situational always, and it's triggered by a certain, you know, something. And I mean, like you said, 75 hard gave me something to focus on. I went through it. I didn't finish, but I started racing again. I felt like I, you know, I was doing what I wanted. It was, I was seeing people it was good. And then I, what well, I worked through the pandemic in a restaurant, oddly enough. And then yeah. um, a few months back, it actually finally took its toll on my little restaurant here in off this, you know, a little country cafe off the highway. And um, I wound up leaving that job and I, 
again, unemployment, like with depressed people, real, real smart, you know, that, that was one thing I was seeing people every day. Um, but then I was working, I took on a job with Battle of the Lions and was doing stuff where I was interacting with people every day and that was helping. And then I am not doing that anymore. <laughs> and it's like not having a job and not having routine. So it, it all snowballs into itself. So it's like, I got to find one thing to focus on to fix and then it'll like fix itself for a minute there. So, so what is the rest of the season then look like for you? Obviously there's been a lot of changes and a lot of, you know, replanning or whatnot. So now looking towards the rest of the season, what do we, what's, what's the hopes? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, immediately we'll be held about for a fun reset and I'm hoping that that'll get things back to where they need to be. Um, and so I, I guess the next actual thing I'm assuming still happening, I'll be in Kansas City for Battle of the Lions. I'm actually going to experience it for myself on the racing side because I did not get to for the first event in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to take on that strength course, which again, I've got three weeks right now to kind of get my butt back in gear, which it'll bounce back fast. And the strength course is like my jam. So I'm hoping I can um, do do something there. And then I kind of have like a little gap that I want to use as my, you know, initial like training block since I've kind of taken off a minute. Um, I'm registered officially for OCR overload in Florida. Uh They have like a weekend set up for that uh, July and I have a Savage voucher and I'm dying to use it with all of this awesome Savage happening. And after totally bombing Atlanta, which I'm still kicking myself about, <laughs> um, <laughs> gosh, that I want to use this voucher and go get my butt kicked by Savage. So I don't know if I'm going to like jump in one here in the next month or wait till later in the year. I just don't want to miss out because I feel like every, every Savage that happens, whether I'm in shape or not, I feel like I'm missing out. Well, you're one of the more vocal people within the Savage community. Um, you know, for for people, we've we've talked before about the Savage uh, Syndicate page for people to get on there and follow if they're part of the Savage brand. Um, and you know, you're you're always pretty vocal with it and and getting people there. So I, I know that that's always been a love of yours. Yeah, it's um even when I worked for other series, Savage has been like my all-time favorite all around, hands down. I will defend them whether they want me to or not for anything. <laughs> I even like apologize to Sam last time I saw him in Atlanta because like people always say I'm stirring the pot. And I was like, okay, here's my thing, y'all. I, I'm very vocal. Yes, everybody knows that. But I don't take shit from people anymore because I'm tired of shit being doled out to everybody and it's like keyboard warriors can say whatever they want and no one's gonna do anything like f that sorry and i'm tired of being taken advantage of and just all these things so if i feel strongly about something i'm gonna say it but also i don't just talk out my ass i usually everything i talk about either i've got five messages of people saying they voice the same opinion but like for whatever reason people are scared to speak up on social media like i I don't, I don't understand why there's so many people that are okay with being a jackass and being rude and terrible. Mm-hmm. And if you feel strongly about something, they don't want to like voice their opinion. So almost everything that I say, it's like backed up by other people saying they agree, but they're like, I don't want to start anything. I'm like, well, whatever. I'll start shit. <laughs> like if you, if you don't want to say it, I mean, it needs to be said or heard. And that was kind mm-hmm. of the thing. Like 
with the Atlanta event of someone like there was a hoopla of people thought they could go play on the course and then I apparently started shit by bringing it up I was like I'm sorry guys I'm just trying to get some clarification here for a bunch of people not just myself like I don't just start shit and then I laughed the other day because there's a big thread going and someone tagged me but I've been blocked so they like couldn't tag me (laughs) they were like if Brenna has an iPhone, I bet her screen time on Savage Weekends is insane. And I was like, actually, um, A, I'm depressed and have no life and live in the middle of nowhere. So I'm on my phone all the time. B, I was employed to be on social media all the time. <laughs> C, right, right. I live, eat, and breathe OCR. I am so passionate about this yeah. sport, the community, the athletes. So hell yeah, my screen time on race weekends, I'm all over that shit. <laughs> well, I mean, and I think that that's, you know, you've been the you've been the full spectrum of this, of this sport. Um, and that's why, you know, we wanted to bring you on this week and, and, you know, talk with you and touch base with you because you are one of the few people who have been on the competitive athlete side, as well as the build side, as well as the media side and, and all that. So, you know, it's, it's awesome to see you coming back around and, you know, now getting back into the racing scene, um, you know, talking about, you know, the keyboard warriors and the fights and whatever, you know, it just all goes back to being transparent and being open. And that's one thing that you've always been. So, you know, I appreciate that as, as a fellow athlete, as a person, as a woman, as a, you know, all of that, you know, I think that we all need a little bit more honesty and, you know, realness out there. So, you know, I appreciate what you're putting out there. Well, thank you. And I appreciate hearing that everyone's long because I do. I mean, again, I'm not like, I, I, I feel I have I have feelings so when I see certain things I'm like oh does everybody think I'm like a total asshole or I'm always starting <laughs> shit <laughs> then I'm like right. you know what I don't care what they think but of course everybody deep down you can't hide that you care what other people think or not and it's just like you know what I stay true to myself I'm very open and honest everything I say like in a message or public it you know it mirrors each other I'm not hiding things and mm-hmm. well it's if, like if anybody uh, has a problem <laughs> I will say this though. So I was, I've, I've done a lot of study on like communication between people and it's amazing how much is in body language. And I think there, oh, yeah. is, there is something huge being lost kind of in the past year was, which when you just Absolutely. read something online, everybody can read it a different way. Mm-hmm. And some people come off really condescending, but it's like, Oh, I know Brenna, this is how Brenna's writing this. And you can actually, it doesn't, allow a in time conversation it allows this log and sometimes people can read those things wrong and it no longer becomes a conversation it just becomes a statement right. um, oh yeah and well that's like punctuation that <laughs> and incompletely oh, yeah. and i'm like i go back and read my things and i'm like crap if i put a comma there it probably would have come out a lot better <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, sure. but i like to think that again you know for the most part, most people do know, unless you're like a brand newbie. And I've, you know, I've had to message a few people and like smooth things over, which it's been funny. There's so many like social media battles that I've gotten lots of respectful, amazing friends out of because, you know, it was like a new, like there's been a couple females after races that like something happened, they chimed in and then we started a side message and they're like, oh my gosh, okay, now I completely understand where you're coming from. Oh, this is so awesome. Can't wait to meet you. And then we're like friends for life after that. So it's funny how it works. Like, you know, like you said, you don't understand the context and then you talk more about it. And that's what I always said, like message me if you want to know what I'm like, (laughs) if I offended you with a comment, please tell me and I'll explain or I'll send a voice text and you can hear my like craziness in the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you can well, hear my like, tone. <laughs> right, right. Well, you keep being you and, you know, everyone, hopefully as we kind of get back to reality and people are getting out and actually face-to-facing more, you know, we can kind of get back to how things should be as far as communication and interactions goes. Totally. And that's what I've, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been a weird year for everybody or a year and a half or two years or whatever. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show for sure. And, you know, I think that, you know, being human and being open and being honest and sharing struggles and sharing successes is, you know, what, everything's about you know and and I I think it's it's great I think that it's a growing year for everybody and you know I look forward to to the rest of the season oh yeah totally and real quick I do this is a flashback to Jacob because this is I don't know how I mean I was on with Leah for like Battle of Lions but I have never just been a guest with you guys but Jacob I think I mean I remember you back like Ohio days that's where you know originally I met you when I lived there and were you on, I just started thinking of um, Chapman and were you on them, like a, one of those guys teams from the Ohio group? I was, I was. Yeah, I was part of Relentless Taylor, with Chapman. Them. Yes. And Taylor Clark, right? Mm-hmm. Taylor Clark. Yeah. I don't know. See, these names just popped up the other day when you, we said we were going to record and I was like, what? A, you know, it makes me think Kings Domain. Like what happened yeah. to those guys? <laughs> like Kings Domain. I was describing Kings Domain to somebody the other day and america like okay so there's like spartan race iconic venues and then there's king's domain that was just stupid and it was like but like that's the venue that like a real ocr should be it was not glamorous it was not um you know you didn't get payoffs but man it was technical and man it was epic it was a wonderful course yeah so just getting to talk with you has been good because i had flashbacks to just like TJ and all, all the old Ohio years of again that was oh, like yeah. kind of in the beginning Battle Frog and all that. Yeah, so. we we think about those names even now. Uh, shout out to um, Ashley Hazlett, Big Hayes. She just had twins. Yes, oh, yes. yes. freaking crazy. <laughs> That's a this sport again. Like I said, people are listening. They're like, all right, you lost me. I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> exactly. Like we're looking way back in the day. But Brent, it was great to have you on the cast today. It was so good to talk to you, girl. Yes, yeah, thank thanks you so much. I appreciate it. you know it's always good to like meet up with old friends absolutely and you know brenna is one of those women that you know she kind of divides people um you love her you hate her and you know i appreciate in the end people who are honest and people who are real and whether you agree with her or like her or whatever you know she keeps it real you know, I've known Brenna for a long time and I'll probably mm-hmm. know Brenna for quite a while longer. And that's all I got to <laughs> say. Um, yep. no, she's, she's Brenna. I love Brenna. She's a good gal. Uh, so many jokes about her and Rose Wetzel and tattoos. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. one thing I will say from a mental health standpoint, you know, I've, I've shared before, you know, that's, that's my day job. I am a mental health therapist and I will put out there to the world. Um, there, there are amazing resources out there and, Hopefully, you know, getting people to talk, getting people to be more open and honest about their struggles um, can, can really inspire others to, to 
get the help that they need to be honest and to not be afraid and to hopefully, you know, break down that stigma. Um, one amazing resource out there for people is um, dialing 211 from your phone. Um, it's an amazing resource to help with getting, getting resources out there, finding mental health providers, finding assistance with, you know, drug co-pays or medications or, you know, what is out there for me. Um, so that's an amazing resource. Um, and as well as the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, um, 1-800-273-8255. So help is out there and I definitely encourage people who are struggling, especially in, in today's world to, to reach out for it. Absolutely. Um, without further ado, Leah, it's time to normal Tuesday Community kudos. And I've already said her name once for me. I'm giving it out to Ashley Hazlett. I've not talked to her for quite a while. Uh-huh. Um, she popped up on my Instagram, like, you know, she jumps in the social deal. media, jumps out, yep. she gets busy with her life and stuff, but she had twins about a month ago or so. Yeah. Um, two little boys. To, two little boys, just happy for her and her life and just wanted to. Man, we've seen so many names change over the years and we've seen people come and go and then like people resurface like Victor Quesada this past weekend, who's never really left, but it's like, all right, here we've had this and we kind of life ebbs and flows and takes us in different directions, but it's just great to see you. It's great to hear about your life and just see things going on. Who you got this weekend, Leah? I'm going to go with some girl power and go with my girl, Amy Magic Pageant. That's my, um, I was going to do it if you weren't. <laughs> I, I love Amy. Amy is um, from again. the Ohio area. She is an emergency veterinarian's, um, she works in a vet ICU. Um, I had the honor of being on a team with Amy at, um, at that Bad Decisions um, event that I did out in Arizona, I don't know, two years ago, I guess now. Um, and Amy is just a sweet girl. Um, she's a ninja warrior. She's been on TV wearing the crazy hats. She's a mm-hmm. rock climber and she's one of the sweetest girls out there. And it was just awesome to see her name at the top of the podium for Savage. Um, she may not always be the fastest girl on the course, but no one is going to beat her when it comes to rigs and technical courses. So it paid off for her. It shows the importance of never giving up for sure. Absolutely. And it's, you know, talking back to those battle frog days and seeing some of those guys come in yeah. at the Ohio race, like PJ Granger, I'll throw that name out. Yes, there. that's a name um, from the past. You know, seeing those guys do so well at battle frog back in the day and seeing that technical course that we were used to seeing in Ohio, just so much fun. Um, anyway, blasting on out here we're getting we're ramping up here season's starting to open up here ohio trifecta weekends in a few weekends speaking of ohio we've got frontline not this weekend but the following weekend memorial day weekend and then memorial day weekend of frontline it's not too late to sign up if you haven't yet please do this one is focused on the military it's the sixth wave um and it's definitely going to be different than any of the previous races we've got a new race director some new obstacles coming um it's going to be a great time Absolutely. Um, other than that, I think that's good. I think that's all we've really got this week here. I think that's it. Thank you guys so much for con for, for continuing to join us each week. Um, if you haven't already, please, if you can leave us a review, a like a share, you know, whatever it is, um, it, it really helps us and gives us some feedback of what you guys want and, and what we can do to, to make this, you know, beneficial for y'all. 
Absolutely. I'm, I'm so ready to get back to racing, Leah. I, this week, if anybody knows me, thank you to the friends that have reached out to me. I've had so many people reach out and talk about pole vault to me in my inbox here. Um, it's, it's sectional night here for our girls. And if anybody knows me, I've, I am just underwater with the soul. I was traveling like hours last week for everything, but thank you to anybody that's reached out to me. We're going to have some fun and I'll have some stuff on my Instagram here in the next day or two. Um, but until next week on the podcast, I'm Jacob Bosecker. And I'm Leah Hensley. We'll catch you out on the course. Take care, guys. Peace. This has been the Bro CR Supercast, powered by Bro CR Media. We always love reviews. Oh, and shout outs, too. Want to be on the review? Drop us a line. We know there are other obstacle course racing podcasts out there, but you choose to laugh with us for a while. So, thanks. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. And thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye. And bye-bye. Bye-bye. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.